dozens of websites is just relentlessly split test your techniques and your strategies. So don't just use the same technique over and over again on all the different pages and all the different websites. Split test that stuff, like your on-page optimization, your off-page techniques. And once once you start split testing and, and then watching the results each month and seeing which page ranks higher based on the different things that you've done, very quickly you, you just dial in that skill set and then you, you get almost like a sixth sense of how to get number one rankings. Let me ask you a follow-up question to that, just so that if the listeners listen to this and they're not well-versed on in it, could you just kind of explain split testing, the concept of it, and why it's so important? Okay, so I, I meant split testing just in general, just based on like ob- as an observational approach. But split testing is, is a very traditional and fundamental advertising concept that goes way We are not telling you to quit your job. Here at Out the Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneurs Podcast, we are teaching you exactly how to gain your freedom as a healthcare professional in places that school never taught you. This is OTC University, and class is in session. Welcome to another edition of Off the Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneur Podcast. As always, guys, I am your co-host, Mr. Carl Bourne Jr., and I'm joined by my main man, Mr. Paulo Ching. Paul, say what's up to the people. Hello, everybody. How's everybody doing? Um, so happy that you decided to tune in to yet another episode. This one's gonna be this one's gonna be a game changer for y'all. For those of y'all who have these questions about how to start staying relevant, this is going to be one that is going to really um, just shoot it through the roof for you. So I'm excited that you decided to tune in today. With that being said, we have a phenomenal guest on here. Let me just say, guys, I I am like fanboying at the highest level possible right now. Like this is just, it's amazing to be able to have you with us. Without further ado, guys, we have entrepreneur a Google certified professional and author of SEO 2019, SEO 2020, who knows how many more SEO books he's going to write. But without further ado, welcome to the podcast, Mr. Adam Clark. Adam, how are you feeling, man? Thanks so much for joining us. I feel great. And uh, I'm so happy to be here. And um, yeah, really thank you to Carl and Paul for inviting me on and really happy to uh, send out positive message to to your listeners. Thank you. Thank you. So let's get right into it. Uh, we like to be respectful of your time. So let's start with what led you to getting into SEO? And for people who don't know what that is, explain you know, to them, what is SEO? Okay. I think that's a two-pronged question. So I'll start with the second kind of question first, because I think that's simpler than how I got into SEO. So what is SEO? <laughs> uh, SEO is basically, everyone might have a different a definition and but it's it's an acronym for search engine optimization and it's the craft of uh, getting to the top of search engines whether that's google being amazon or the itunes app store or wherever and it's the craft of getting to the top of the search results and being able to market your business and sell your services and products so the, the second question, uh, your first question, which was, how did I get into SEO? That's a little bit of a longer story. So I have always known that I would be an online entrepreneur of some sort. And I always knew that I would be a business owner. And way back, like 10 or 15 years ago, I was into web design and I started and, and failed many small businesses and, and never really got anywhere. And I eventually had to go on the job hunt and I saw a job come up as an SEO technician for a big SEO agency in Melbourne, Australia. And I, I kind of had some of the skills and, but I just knew that if I got this job, if as an SEO technician and I really owned it and learned the craft and knew how to be at the top of Google, I knew that would be a lifelong skill that would allow me to launch, grow and launch any business anywhere with, with a small budget. And that would be like really powerful skill set to have so I convinced them, I, I just called them and e- kept on calling and emailing them until they, this SEO firm 
agreed to let me work for them as an SEO technician. And from the first day, I was responsible for growing two dozen websites every month. So it was, yeah, it was, it was pretty hardcore. And uh, that's when the real work started. Yeah, that, that's the reason why I, I knew that it would just be such a powerful skill and uh, it, would ben- it would allow me to basically launch and run any other uh, business successfully in future. And that to this day, that has been true. I'm still stuck on the whole having to grow 2,000 websites each month. That's amazing. Um, uh, two dozen, not 2,000. <laughs> just, oh. just, two, just two dozen. Oh, two but, dozen. But the, yeah. Oh, but the thing, okay. I was like, yeah, no, 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 I, don't, I don't think you could do two dozen. But, yeah. but the thing was, it was two dozen, but it had to be well. So we had to get month-on-month okay. month growth for every single customer every month. Okay. So, yeah, that's, that's, no small, that's no small task. No, not at all. I mean, just doing one alone seems like the end of the world <laughs> for me over here. Let me ask you a question. If if you had to start over, uh, what would you do to pitch your first client? And then how would you even pitch them? Well, if I start, I, okay, I'm guessing if I started over, I would have no credentials to rely on, right? So I, I would get down to marketing basics uh, and also the basics of the product that I'm selling, which is SEO. So firstly, I would probably run off the numbers as to why it's in the business owner's interest to do this activity. I'm I'm not very good at remembering specifics, but it's just rough numbers off the top of my head. Four and five customers that do a search on their smartphone will um, on Google Maps, like a local search, they will visit or buy something in a day. And something like between 80 and 86% of all internet experiences start with the search engine and four out of five customers rely on local reviews to determine whether or not they're going to buy from you. So there's many other stats that I, that I can't remember right now, but basically I, I, I would really, really narrow down as to like why it is so important from a data level. I mean, really it's a no brainer when you think about it, like everyone needs to be doing, if you want to be in business, you need to be doing SEO in, in the old days. We, I don't know what the American phrase for it is, but in Australia, we used to have this big directory of businesses. It was like the yellow, it was called the yellow pages. Do you guys, did you used to have that in the States? Yeah, we had that for years. Yeah, we had that. Yeah. So it was kind of like, I, the way I see it is SEO kind of took over the yellow pages. The yellow pages was like the thing that every business, you kind of have to do it. Even if you don't, if you do or don't like it, it doesn't really matter. You've got to do it. It's just this kind of an expense to be able to do business. Google is like the modern yellow pages uh, and, but much better. It, it's, it's not really an option to do SEO these days. In, in my opinion, you have to do it. The reason I would probably suggest someone to do SEO over other marketing channels is that you can get compound growth month on month. You can, if you keep on rolling out new content, new keyword, you, you can get compounded growth. And whereas other marketing channels like paid ads, PPC, Facebook, if you spend a dollar, get a dollar back, that's it. And you just got to keep on spending that same amount of money each month and you're only going to get the same amount of money back each month. But where SEO is different is your returns can com- like increase exponentially over time. I love that. Uh, I, I think that's so important to talk about too, because I know that there, there are so many businesses that they tend to lean towards ad campaigns you know, they, they tend to, to lead towards Facebook ads and Google ads. And I mean, like, that's all fine and dandy, but I think it's just so much better. Like you said, when you can get that compounded growth and you can do it organically versus having to pay every time you want to get some type of return on investment. That's something that I think a lot of people don't really understand the value of. So I'm so glad that you just explained that the way you did. I have to ask you now, being where you are now, having all the experience that you have, how would you pitch yourself to a new company on how you can help them at this point? Uh, Interesting. I haven't really thought about that. Okay. I I guess I I think the thing where I, I might be a bit different than other SEO people is that I have a background of web development. I've spent a lot of time really doubling down on learning like AWS as an example. 
and CDNs and how CDNs work and stuff like that. So I, I think I can turn over more, I can find more golden opportunities than, than most SEO people do, you know, because there's quite a range of quality out there, ranging from like really high level and expensive and pretty low quality, you know, people that are just spamming email every day will improve your SEO, that type of thing. So I would say definitely my strength would be in the um, technical aspects in being able to really like get people, get their websites loading three or 400 milliseconds where all their competitors is loading like two seconds on, on broadband and which would mean it loads like 30 seconds on a mobile phone. And just by doing one or two things like that, I, I can make a business two or three times stronger in, in Google, even if you disregard all of the other stuff like links and, and social and that type of thing. Yeah. So it's def- definitely more, more of the technical side of things as opposed to just the generic, you know, just the basic level keyword stuff. It's more, um, it's, it's definitely the technical side. I think if I had to pitch myself, because I have a, a lot of my buddies are full stack and backend web developers. So I'm just picking their brains all the time. I've even had, I've even had friends that actually work over at Google. They, they didn't really tell me how the algorithm works, but they're really good to understand how servers work and how to make websites load like blazingly fast and, and how to make your mobile work top notch and, and stuff like that. So that's definitely one of my strengths. What's your process when you start working with new companies like? Sure. Okay. Well, I, I guess like just before I decide to start with the company, I, I want to have a look at and see that ha- has that company got legs? Some, sometimes people will come to you with, with a service or a product and maybe just based on my experience, I just don't really think it's, it's going to fly. I, I just think that maybe it's just not a fully, uh, fully developed concept. So I would use those basic tools like Ahrefs or the Google Ads Keyword Planner and I would do a bit of validation on the market and see, is there demand for what that person's offering? So that'd be the first one. And secondly is I would look at the competitiveness and I would see, okay, is this person jumping into such competitive waters that they need a, such a huge budget and a huge team and they've only got a tiny budget? It's not really possible. Or can I find some easy ways to kind of nudge up my way into this market it's not so competitive just yet and I can approach the project in a win-win way so that I can get them ranking at the top for a fair fee. Let's say you're Adam Clark starting over mm-hmm. from scratch. What would be the kind of businesses that you would want to offer SEO to? Like, is there a specific niche that you think you ah, would gotcha. offer? I would say um, there's, no, there's no niche really to be honest, I, I've worked with all industries and I think all can be profitable so long as there's demand, right? Um, maybe businesses that have recurring revenue can be a bit stronger than others. Maybe I, w- I would specify uh, in SaaS SEO. <laughs> I think that would probably be a profitable niche to to narrow into. But just personally speaking, from my own experience of just looking back at they're all of the different industries that I've worked on. I've worked from like, um, like luxury yachts, sex toy stores, swimwear, shoes, lawyers, gardening, uh, fish, uh, aquarium equipment. I've, I've done everything. Uh, you'd be surprised at the, at the businesses that make money uh, and that are good clients aren't necessarily, um, the ones that you would assume on the surface. So so some of the, just these local mom and pop type businesses have been some of my best client, but best and loyal clients and uh, mutually beneficial working relationships over a long time. We've both helped each other thrive because local, um, you know, because people need basic services like mom mom and uh, bricks and mortar type businesses. A lot of those, they're just never going to go away. Yeah. But maybe (laughs) again, SaaS SEO. That, I think that would be probably a high ticket one to specialize in if I had to choose one. I know somebody definitely, as they're listening, their their inkling or their interest in SEO probably is growing. So I think it's important to ask um, what you would say would be like the two to three most important things um, to focus on when somebody's doing SEO work or when you're doing SEO work. Mm-hmm. Do you mean when they're doing or when they're learning, like starting out? Both. Okay, sure. 
I I'll tackle the starting out thing and then let's move into like the actual like kind of doing. So as as someone like starting out, speaking from my own experience, I would say the the first thing I would say is just go out and just read everything on the topic. I'm kind of famous with my group of digital nomad friends for having a habit of like when I choose a topic, I just go out and I read everything on that topic, like the top 30 books. I don't just read one or two or three books. I will go through and read like two or three dozen books on that topic. So I've really got it. So trying to getting back to my original point, which is I would say really know your craft, go out and don't just read one or two books on SEO, read every book on SEO. And you will like, because there's a lot of kind of crappy knowledge out there, but there's also some, there's some gems and SEO is kind of a game where if you know more than the people that you're going up against in the rankings, you can get a leg up over them. That's definitely helped me out when I was, when I was starting out and getting lots of rankings, I could just see that the people that I was going up against, they had gaps in their knowledge. So yeah, one, just the biggest strength is just really knowing your craft back to front. Secondly, I would say learn copywriting and front end development. I would say those two skills are pretty, pretty much a requirement. Like the front end development part, you don't need to be an expert programmer, but you really do need to know the, the basics. I, there are some SEOs that are around that just know the content part, but you know, kind of 50% of SEO is about how Google like technically reads and understands the page. So if you don't really know the fundamentals of how those pages are built together, you you can't really be a 100% successful SEO in my opinion. So yeah, again, I copywriting, I would go out and at least you don't have to read two or three dozen books on copywriting. Which, which I have done, by the way. <laughs> but I, I would say just, just try and find the top top two or three books on copywriting. Read those, you know, like On on Advertising by David Ogilvy would be one. Tested Advertising Methods by John Caples would be another, which is really expensive for randomly. It's like $100 now. I'm just thinking like what else? Th- those are probably the top two that come to mind. I influence even. Uh, I would say Influenced by Robert Cialdini. I guess that's... Uh, kind of everyone knows that book by now but that's that's like a marketing essential and then yeah again the the front end thing you've you've got to know how sites are built on, on that front layer so my question is you know for you the the technical aspect you said like that that is one of your strengths so in terms of you know young seos or just seos in general trying to improve their skill set and, and get better, what would you say are like resources or courses that you've gone to, you've gone through to improve your skill set or that you would recommend to other SEOs? Okay, so beyond, um, with the front end development one, the one uh, I'm using right now personally is front end masters. It's really great and it and it's just covers all of the, um, the entire landscape of, of uh, front end development. And there's also like free code camp and that's completely free resource on becoming a full stack web developer. And again, you don't have to be an SEO. Uh, so you don't have to know this to be an SEO, but your boss will love you if you can just jump in and change things and you'll be better at doing SEO. In terms of courses, I would go out and do the, the Google um, certifications. So the Google analytics qualification course and the Google Ads PPC one at minimum. Uh, once you have those certifications, not only do you have an understanding of how analytics works with Google and also how PPC works, but you have that certification, which is something good to have on the CV and it's, it's practical knowledge as well. And sorry, one more, I'd probably say uh, uh, right now in terms of like video courses for SEO, I'm, I, I don't really do video courses for SEO, but one I often recommend is the click-minded SEO course. Okay. I'm over here just furiously writing notes, even though I know I'm going to go back and listen to it. <laughs> I'm just like, I have to get it. Okay. <laughs> um, I was going to say that there is one last thing that I missed, which was uh, I was thinking about this before we jumped on, kind of mentioned you wanted some 
some knowledge for like new SEO professionals. And uh, one thing that I've been thinking that I personally did a lot, like especially when I was starting out working on dozens of websites, is just relentlessly split test your techniques and your strategies. So don't just use the same technique over and over again on all the different pages and all the different websites. Split test that stuff, like your on-page optimization, your off-page techniques. And once once you start split testing and, and then watching the results each month and seeing which page ranks higher based on the different things that you've done, very quickly you, you just dial in that skill set and then you, you get almost like a sixth sense of how to get number one rankings. Let me ask you a follow-up question to that, just so that if a listener is listening to this and they're not well-versed um, in it, could you just kind of explain split testing, the concept of it, and why it's so important? Okay, so I, I meant split testing just in general, just based on like ob- as an observational approach. But split testing is, is a very traditional and fundamental advertising concept that goes way back to the 1950s. I think it, I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was... Uh, it it was coined in a book called Scientific Advertising. Uh, I, I can't even remember the exact author's name um, off the top of my head. But in Scientific Advertising, it was a book that was written in, in the 1940s and 1950s. And he wrote about, it was written by a guy that ran an ad, an ad agency that did newspaper ads. And the whole book, he just basically talks about how important it is to have two variations of your advertising and then monitoring the results and making improvements on your further on, on your future advertising based on, on what those results show based on those tests. So it's a fun, so split testing is a fundamental concept of marketing and advertising, which I think will never go away. And there are tools now that you can use, you can use to do live split tests on your website, such as, um, visual website optimizer or lead pages, a bunch of others. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a whole bunch. You just need to Google split testing software. There's a lot. But um, my point was that you should actually be split testing your own work and mon- self-monitoring to see what works and what doesn't if you have the advantage of working on multiple sites. Because, yeah, as I mentioned, that you can dial in your skill set and level up really quickly that way. So then that brings me, you know, to my next question, because this does start to make sense then. Um, what other things um, or what do you focus on mainly when you're improving what you're working on with new clients and how does it vary case by case or does it even vary case by case? It, it d- definitely varies. I, I guess I, it's going to sound like a bit of a hypocrite, but I would say it varies, but I also find myself working on, on similar things a lot of the time. But mostly like, where, where it varies is the, um, is the opportunities. So usually at, at the start of every project, I will go through and once I've validated that the project can be successful before I even meet with the customer and after we've decided that we're going to work together, I'll go through and just do like hardcore keyword research. And I'm talking about like tens of thousands of keywords to go through. So I really understand that market I really know what customers are working for and that's where the variations come up quite a lot because there's different opportunities in, in different markets. Some markets you're just like, whoa, it's really hard to, to get in here. And other ones, it's just, we can just see a, like a whole bunch of opportunities because it's a, a new niche product or it's not too competitive yet. And so that's, that's, that's kind of, I'm kind of what I'm alluding to is a topic called keyword research, which is, generally the first step of most SEO projects. And then in terms of what I do from there is once I've identified the best keywords, I would go through and start optimizing those onto the page. Um, Do you want me to go into on-page optimization or? I mean, you can go right ahead. We're just learning right now. Go ahead. (laughs) Okay. Well, I I kind of laid out in my book, um, as you mentioned, I've written a book on SEO and, and I lay it out in there, but I'll just do a quick rundown on my book. So every SEO will, will tell you a, a different process on how to optimize in the page. And in my book, some, I, I left it a little bit open just mostly because if everybody follows the same templated approach, firstly, um, Google will 
probably put a ban on that pretty quickly. So in my book and what I recommend is just really focusing on fundamental best practices, which are, which are identifying the high opportunity keywords, getting them into the page. Okay. And you might identify what I call primary keywords, which is the keyword, the number one keyword that I want to go for. And then a handful, let's say half a dozen of secondary or related keywords that all that are related to that main phrase and to make sure that they appear on the page also and places that you can optimize them include the title tag, the heading tags, H1, H2, H3, image file names, the URL of the page, the content, that, that's a pretty important one. So within the P tags uh, specifically, but yeah, within the, the keywords should appear in the content and even videos if, if you can. And, and also finally internal links. And there's a bit of an art to doing this. So you don't want to overdo it. So if, if you're targeting a keyword, I, you know, you probably don't want to go much more than five to eight repetitions on a page. If you're just putting spamming keyword, like, um, dog food if you if you if if your keyword is like organic dog food and it's just organic dog food 100 times on the page that'll set off a red flag at google but you might say that it's um you want to kind of find a way to say that in five or six different ways throughout the page and then you might find a way to help your client appear for organic products for their pet is it is that a little bit too vague <laughs> the way that I, no. that I pitch that or no it yeah, because it has me thinking. It, okay, yeah, because the the way that I mention it uh, again, I I really steer away from saying it has to be done. Uh, it, it needs to be in this H one tag, or and it, and it needs to appear exactly four times, and then your related keywords must appear exactly three times because that's too formulaic. Everybody can't follow the same rules. Uh, or, or if they do, it gets picked up as a pattern and flagged as unnatural by Google. So it, yeah, again, you do need to put, make sure those keywords appear in the page in a natural way, which, and you'd be surprised at how many people going back to one of your other questions about like, what's the common things that I see. You'd be surprised how often I come across websites or potential clients and they're selling a service like coaching or personal training or something and they don't use that keyword through the whole website it's astounding how often i say this with that being said do you think that this kind of goes without saying i already know the answer to this but for for you know people who are listening that they're not well versed in seo or, or they you know they don't really know what it is do you think that it makes sense to make sure that you have your keywords optimized on every single page throughout your site, including down to like your about page, your frequently asked questions and, and things of that sort, as long as it's not just, you know, the, the, the primary keyword, but also like the long tail keywords and the related keywords as well. What is, what is your thought process when you're looking at a client's website and mm -hmm. you're wanting to make sure that, the entire website is optimized for the keywords that you're going after for them. Um, mm -hmm. Matter of fact, let me say this. What would you say your go-to keyword strategy is? Okay. Well, that, that's pretty simple. So I, I would load up some software. Uh, there's lots of software that does this. So you've got like Moz, uh, you've got keyword tool, you've got Ahrefs. Th these are all, SEO tools that offer a difficulty score, which is, which is a metric on how difficult it is to rank in Google for that keyword. So I'd just go through and find the easy ones. That's always the best place to start. So you go through and you find the keywords with thousands of keywords that you've, re that you've researched and you load them up into those tools. And then I, I find those keywords that have some monthly search volume, at least a few hundred monthly searches and they have really low difficulty scores, like five to 10%, something like that. And I'll start with those keywords. 
because those keywords, when you load it into those tools that have the keyword difficulties and they have low difficulty scores, that means that other people aren't aggressively targeting them and it's easy for you to rank at the top. So I always start with the low-hanging low fruit, as they say. And that would be, that's not just isolated to one page. I, I would I would usually make sure that I've done that for the customer's core service. So whether they're into like pet accessories or corporate coaching or, or whatever, I'd make sure that I've done the research on that. And then I would make sure that I've done the more like niche research for their subcategory pages so that I, that I have some, some low hanging fruit and some easy keywords to target for both the homepage and their subpages on their website. And sorry, I, there's one more thing that I'll add to that, which is that I would also do some research for what their, um, what the client's target audience or target customer is searching for that's related just kind of on a tangent to the client's core service business and which would be like informational discovery type keywords, which is like how to, so, so if we're looking at corporate coaching, you know, their customers might be looking for stuff on like on how to be a good leader, how, how to, how to be a better manager, stuff like that. And I'm uh, sorry, really bad example. I'm not very good at coming up with examples off the top of my head, but I uh, generally I would be coming up with informational searches that customers are searching for. And those would be ideas that, that the client can use in blog posts so that they're not just capturing customers directly that are looking for laser targeted type stuff like corporate coaching. They're looking, you're also targeting people who are, will be interested in, in corporate coaching later, but just kind of searching on um, information about that topic. Now, how to be a leader, how to be a better manager and hopefully arriving at that website in the blog post section. That's actually really smart too, because you're definitely playing the long game and trying to understand what the process somebody's going to go through as mm-hmm. um, they're going going through whoever your client stuff is. So, and that it's amazing how all these questions just flow into each other. Um, <laughs> what what would you say then? Like, how do you go about helping businesses with content creation? Right, you kind of talked about it a little bit in a niche that is not your specialty, something that you normally don't work in? That's a good, good question. So firstly, um, personally, I, I know that I, for me to be successful in a project, yeah, I, I can't be a specialist in everything, but I, I do need to do, when I speak myself, I'm also speaking for other SEOs. Uh, I, I would say that you, you do need to really go in and do a bit of background research on what their customer is doing. So you may not necessarily be the one that's going to write the blog posts, but if you're going to direct writers or direct their team, you've got to have a fundamental understanding of, of what that customer's doing and what they're offering. So you've got to do some background research on what the customer is, is doing and on their industry. And, and then from there, I would, if the arrangement was that I've actually got to coach that client into uh, because I let's say it's for the medical industry or for the legal industry, I'm not really qualified to write about those topics, and so you, I would at least start with having the background knowledge so that I can have a dialogue with that customer and it's going to be productive, and then I would go back into those copywriting basics. So it, just because I can't write about law or medicine, I because I don't have the qualifications, that doesn't mean that someone that is a lawyer or a medical professional can't write well. (laughs) In other words, they can learn to write in an engaging way and I can teach them through those core copywriting and advertising principles, like having attention, grabbing headlines, using short paragraphs, making stuff readable for a wide audience, not using, uh, not overloading words with technical jargon, using yeah short sentences short paragraphs words with short syllables subheadings numbered lists ordered lists all those kind of copywriting basics 
uh, yeah, I would probably coach the client on those things. Adam, let me ask you, if you could recommend it to, to SEOs listening, what would you say is an SEO platform or tool that you believe incorporates multiple things in one that every SEO should be using? So like, does, like incorporates backlinks, you know, link building, keyword research, on-page SEO optimization. Would you have any recommendations in terms of that? Sure. Firstly, I would say you need a handful of tools. It's, it's unrealistic to expect that you can just have one $99 software that's just going to do it all. I've met people that do it, that try and do SEO that way, and they're never the people at the top of their craft. You need to have like a handful of tools. So yeah, SEO has, has been known for its low costs, but you need to have a tools, a toolkit, like a range of tools. That said, personally, my, my favorite, if I had to choose one, personally, I really, really loving Ahrefs right now. It's, it's just so powerful in, in terms of like value for money, in terms of like the, the amount of power and flexibility and versatility that the tool offers. I, I would say that's a, a must have for every SEO. Other tools in, include Moz and, oh, there's just so many. <laughs> there's like um, keywordtool.io, unless they've, re- they've rebranded. That, that's, a, that's a popular one. And there's a lot of free tools as well. Like I've got Merge Words, which, which I personally, I, I like to use um, sometimes like back at that keyword research stage that we've talked about a lot. One, one thing that gets overlooked quite a lot in the courses or knowledge about SEO is having a pen and paper. So at the start of every project, the first tool that I use really is a pen and paper. And, and I sit because it encourages a bit more creativity and I, and I really sit down and, and really hash out like what, what would people, what are the different ways that people would search for? Because these automatic tools, these tools don't always come up with the best suggestions, even though it, this tool might say it brings like the Google ads planner tool might say that it has related suggestions. That doesn't mean that it's left no stone uh, unturned, so to speak. So as, as one example, I, I was, um, when I was in traveling in Thailand, I was speaking about this with a friend uh, about, I don't know why it came up in conversation, but I, I was speaking about like, Italian restaurants in Bangkok. And I, I think that it might've come up in the conversation after we had a few drinks and I was like, Oh, it's like low competition or something. Maybe we should start one. <laughs> you know, it'd be really good to do an Italian restaurant. And my friend said, Oh, Hey, like you, you would search for that. I would never search for that. I, he said, I would search for Italian food. And not once in my life have I ever Googled type something food. I always put in like restaurant at the end, not food. So that goes back to my point of being like, yeah, having a pen and paper and even asking other people as well. That's really one that gets left out a lot. But back to the tools, Ahrefs, Moz, Ubersuggest, being really well-versed in Google's tools. The Google stuff, like the Google Search Console, Google Analytics, you really got to know Google Analytics back to front. If if you know Google Analytics back to front, um, the end Ahrefs, the the advantage of that is that you can just jump in on a website, and if you've got some some good knowledge behind you, and you can dig through Analytics and Ahrefs and just pull a few levers and get some really fast results. Perfect, perfect. So can I can I turn that question around quickly? Yeah, sure. What, what, what SEO tools um, do you guys like to use? I like, I really like Uber suggest. I like using Uber suggest mm-hmm. for, for SEO audit and also being able to find the, the various type of keywords and just kind of comparing in terms of competitor analysis, like who's ranking, you know, who's ranking top for those keywords and mm-hmm. being able to load that into an Excel sheet and, kind of compare to see, you know, like you said, that low hanging fruit versus we don't need to worry about these keywords right now. I, I should mention that that's, that's part of the main ones that every, every SEO should have in their toolkit. But I, I didn't mean, mention like Neil Patel's great and Uber suggest is great, but I just got personally got really ticked off 
the other day when I saw that they've basically kind of stripped the original idea of, of what Uber suggest did, which was just listing the, the auto suggestions out of the Google search box. And I had to go over to keyword tool for that. And I was shaking my fist at this guy about that. <laughs> that's the reason why I, I didn't mention that tool, but it's definitely, that's just my personal thing. Uber suggest has moved away much more than the original idea of just scraping suggestions from the, the Google auto suggest box. And you're, you're right. It's absolutely definitely a very capable, well-rounded SEO tool that can do like, many things like you said i also like using i i use a i use a lot of free tools Mm -hmm. so i use a lot of just like google stuff like you know google page speed insights great i've used i've used keyword explorer as well i i actually i want to say maybe about a month two months ago i i got a just like a full pack of a course that moz put out and they had like a deal for, I think it was the entire month of May where they mm-hmm. were giving away all these courses on just various things, SEO. So link building, on-page SEO, pitching a client down to coding, you know, robots.txt and mm-hmm. uh, alt text and, and, and everything. So I like Moz as well. I think right now, truth be told, I'm nowhere near as <laughs> as experienced as you. So I'm still trying to you know, figure out what the, what the best things are to use. Mm-hmm. Hands down. I, I never even thought about what you said about going through the certification for Google. Um, and I think that's something that's so underrated that a lot of SEOs don't think about, you know, so I'm, I'm glad mm-hmm. that you mentioned that those are, are a couple of the, of the tools that, that I like to use. And Paul is Paul's specialty is funnels. So his, his knowledge of SEO is it just expands to to me and 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 what I've exposed him to for the most part. <laughs> Paul, what what funnel software are you liking right now, if I may ask? Uh, I'm a huge uh, fan of ClickFunnels right now. Ah, I haven't used them. I've used more like other software, like, okay. like lead pages and so on. And um, and how how do you find ClickFunnels? What, ClickFunnels. What do you like um, what I'll give ClickFunnels. This is not a promotion, in case anybody's listening <laughs> and thinking this is an ad. The reason I like ClickFunnels so much so is because it's found a way to just incorporate everything that you could ever think you need all in one place. And, you know, just even with the building of everything, it's so much easier. It takes me so fast fast to just build out pages to be able to determine what goes where. Um, Even with Carl, you know, doing the SEO stuff, it makes it so easy. So now I'm not like really stressing. It's just like you have a metadata section, you just boom, 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 put it all in. Mm And it does the rest. And then it also makes split testing extremely easy because it's built in automatically. Mm-hmm. You just have to choose whether or not you want to do it. You know, so obviously it's good, good with integrations and stuff fantastic like that. Like, integration. It does. I mean, you have to be obviously, you know, integrating stuff for the most part mm-hmm. isn't just like an instant instantaneous thing. So it is very good with integration. Almost anything can be integrated into it. Now they built that out. Wow. Most of them through Zapier, but almost cool. anything. What's, what's the minimum price for a trial, if I might ask? For a trial, you get a 14-day trial for free. And then, okay. the, then the, the startup plan, monthly startup cost. plan, it's either $97 a month or $297. So okay. um, the difference between the two, I do the $297 one a month because it allows me to do like marketing, marketing emails and like broadcasting stuff like that at a much mm-hmm. higher level. Um, and then it just gives me all my stats. So that's the other part, portion I love about it. It's just, I never have to go somewhere else mm-hmm. to get data or information that I need here and now. It still takes, I still do my research. So it still takes me about 30, 40 hours just to kind of get an understanding of what it is I want that I'll, you know, on average, I'll put about 30, 40 hours just to figure out, okay, this is how I want it to look, whatever. But then once that's done, honestly, you can build out a funnel an hour maximum. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's, that's why I personally enjoy, I know other people have different preferences to like lead pages infusion soft, like whatever. Um, but sure. right now I'm a click funnels man through and through. Cool. I'll have to, I'll have to give it a trial. Definitely. Oh, another tool that I, that I think is really neat too is crazy egg. I don't know how much, how much you use crazy egg, but I, I think crazy egg is a pretty cool tool as well. I have definitely used crazy a few times. Yeah. <laughs> so last question I have for you 
for just for you know young SEOs that are listening, um, even myself included, what would be your advice on uh, not just well getting started for people who are interested on getting into SEO, and for those of us that are doing it, what would be your biggest piece of advice that you would leave? To, to someone ha- who has no experience this year or just in general to people starting out? Both. I, I, I guess, I guess definitely the thing would be to um, like learn how to grant Cardone or something. I, he has, he has a popular book. I haven't actually read it, but it's called like 20 X 10 X or 20 X yeah. 10. Is it 10 X? Yeah. Yeah. So w- one of the, the pivotal things that changed for me when I started working at the agency was one day I went up to my boss at the, at the SEO agency in Melbourne and said, Oh, Hey, Hey boss, uh, I've been doing the work that he, he put me to task on for, you know, half a week uh, to do the research. And I was like, I've done all this work and here's like two, here's like two keywords. Like we can get these at the top. It's fantastic. And he's like, you know, like a good SEO should be able to come up for like 10 or 20 keywords you know, <laughs> so my, my advice would be is learn how to, how to 10 X your, your craft, you know, don't just try and appear for, for one, like first, okay, sure. You might need to learn how to appear for like in the top three for one keyword, but when you can figure out how to get a page, one page ranking in the top three for like 10 or 20 keywords, that's when you're an SEO. So like really learning how to 10 X things. And that's something that you have to figure out yourself, by the way, and we, which is through just like really going through and doing the things I said, which is like knowing the fundamentals, knowing the craft, doing lots of, lots of personal tests and seeing what works and what doesn't. But yeah, trying really doubling down and 10xing things. So part of the reason I became successful in, in my craft was that in, in that post, like when I started out at that first job before I went, went into doing my own consulting is I decided to be the best SEO in the city. I, I made up my mind that over, okay, over this next six months, I'm, I will be the best SEO in this, in this town. That's it. No question. And in, instead of coming home and watching Netflix, like for a solid six to nine months, instead of coming home from like a nine, 10 hour shift and just watching Netflix for four or five hours, I would just hit the books really hard on, on the SEO and marketing. And I would, because I had that goal of being the number one guy in town on, on that craft and hitting the books for eight or nine hours. And then I'd just give myself 40, 40 to 50 minutes each evening to watch a bit of game of Thrones and eat some food. That's it. <laughs> so I, I think it was Warren Buffett said that how successful a person can be or how successful a person will be become is largely determined what they do between the hours of 8 p.m. to 12 a.m. So I guess there's two there's two pieces of advice there, which is learning how to 10x your craft in a self-learning aspect. That was perfect. <laughs> I couldn't have asked for a better answer. <laughs> this was I listen, I have like pages and 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 pages of, of notes from you know everything you just said. And I think that this is a lot of powerful stuff that is going to help a lot of SEOs out. I think that one of the biggest things that will help is having that same mindset that you just said you had, where you were like, I'm going to be the best. And I Mm -hmm. think that's really how we should approach anything that we really want to do, you know, because if you're not trying to be the best, then what are we doing it for, you know? So I, I definitely can appreciate that. Let me say, again, thank you so much for hopping on the podcast. We've been we've been My trying pleasure. to do this thing now for months, so it's it's a pleasure <laughs> to finally be able to to you know get it taken care of, and um, you know I just look forward to you know us staying in touch. But before I let you sure. go, let me ask for for those who are listening and they want to connect with you what would be you know any social media handles or just any contact information that you want to leave with them sure uh well i guess the two points uh of contacting me right now is just simpleeffectiveness.com that's my author platform 
and it just has it's pretty basic it just has basic information about me my book and my background and you can reach out to me on instagram with the at symbol at simple effectiveness those are the two main points i, I keep it pretty lean on seo personally uh, sorry with social media these days because I'm, I spend so much time with the SEO stuff and, and also helping other people with their social media. So, I, yeah, it's just the website, simpleeffectiveness.com and instagram.com forward slash simpleeffectiveness. And also you can search me on, on Amazon. Just search for SEO or SEO 2020 and I'll be up there at the top. He had to mention he'll be up there at the top. You see that? <laughs> no, but but yeah, man, of course. But but seriously, thanks so much for you know bringing your expertise to the podcast. For our listeners, guys, we love you. Thank you so much for listening. You could have been anywhere else, but you chose to be here listening. With that being said, if you got value from this episode, share, subscribe, leave us a rating, a five-star rating, please. And... We just look forward to connecting with you guys. We appreciate all the support. And until the next episode, peace and many blessings. Thank you for listening to another episode of Off the Clock. This episode was brought to you by The Accepted System. The Accepted System is a program that helps pre-physical therapy students get into physical therapy school without wasting time or money. Most pre-PT students go on to spend hundreds of dollars applying to multiple DPT programs, with the majority of them having less than 40% confidence that they will actually get accepted that cycle. You have been taught that regardless of all the work you put into applying, you really do not have much control over your acceptance into PT school. The truth is, you actually do. You can find help at www.preptgrindotc.com. This episode was also brought to you by Physio Memes. Physio Memes helps PT businesses to increase their referrals through word of mouth marketing by growing their brand with an online store. Physio Memes. Thank you for listening. Don't be shy to leave a review and subscribe to the podcast. See you next episode.